0: This is the Planetary Potential Podcast. For those who are eager to explore entrepreneurship, innovation, and cross-cultural communication in exciting and interesting places around the world. And now, here's your host, Andrew P. Rowan. Welcome to Episode 6 of Season 1. What do you think of when you think of Latin America or even Peru? If the team at UTEC Ventures, an accelerator based at the University of Engineering and Technology in Lima, gets their way, then you'll soon think of EdTech or education technology. In this episode, I sit down with Rodrigo Fajardo, Program Manager at UTech Ventures, to discuss what it's like managing a project within a project, why Peru is a good place to experiment for expanding startups from other regions, and how EdTech can help to address many other socioeconomic challenges along the way. An important reminder that opinions shared on this episode are those of individual guests For more information, please visit www.andrewprowan.com disclosures. My conversation with Rodrigo took place right after an extended chat with him and the managing director at UTEC Ventures, where I shared my reflections and observations of Peru. So let's head to La Universidad de Ingeniería y Tecnología, otherwise known as UTEC, to start the chat with Rodrigo. With me is Rodrigo Fajardo. He is the UTEC Ventures Program Manager here. We are on campus at UTEC, which is a gorgeous industrial design of a campus, very modern. And Rodrigo and I met a few weeks ago during an event that was here at their space. And the theme was emerging from Peru. So there were two guest speakers. One was talking about experience entering Mexico and then spending some time in Switzerland as well. Welcome, Rodrigo.
1: Thank you, thank you everyone for your invite. It's very happy to talk with you
0: And so I'm, uh, I'm here in, in Lima now, kind of winding down my time. I've spent uh, three weeks so far, three and a half weeks here getting to know Peru and of course the North in particular. Can you tell me a bit about UTech Ventures and how you came to be program manager? Yeah, sure. So UTech Ventures is uh, the venture arm
1: from the UTech, that's the University of Engineering and Technology. First, I I wanted to talk to you about a little bit bit of the university itself. Uh, It's a university quite young, we still have uh, five to six years from the foundation date. And we started as a project from the biggest economical groups in Peru, you know, banking, mining. Mm-hmm. Everyone involved in, in the construction of the, the industry in Peru. Um, and uh, what's thinking, and especially the Hoshid Mining Group, you would think as a university that's what is going to be the pillar for a new way of teaching engineering. Uh, engineer is not going to be only thinking about working in a company, but more of I'm going to do research, I'm going to do new things, and I'm going to do uh, startups, and I'm, I'm going to do innovation, I'm going to change the problems that are real problems here in Peru and in Latin. So in that way, when we started YouTube Ventures, it was in 2014. I say we as a team, not we as a me. <laughs> the founders uh, were uh, Gonzalo Villarán, who was uh, the first director of YouTube Ventures, and then it was uh, called uh, Ander Navides, and then eventually other team members. Um, yeah. It grew and grew the, the team, and thus the story of YouTube Ventures itself, like the, the region. And one thing that is really interesting about the funding of YouTube Ventures, it was that... Uh, when they started they thought about like what's going to be the biggest impact that we are going to have in the ecosystem mm-hmm. and in that in that in that year uh, there weren't a lot of startups and one thing that it was it was at the core of YouTube Adventures was to create this like model startup or like biggest startup that will uh, show everyone in the ecosystem in their really young ecosystem that a yeah. uh, good startup could be built will be built here in Peru and where from, like, a global quality.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like the university was created to kind of fit the needs of this century, the 21st century. And by extension, UTech Ventures also uh, is a major component of that vision for the university. And, And interesting to note that you mentioned not just here in Peru, but all of Latin America, so I'm I'm curious to know in the five years that U Tech Ventures has been around, you've you've made thirty-two investments yes. to date and wondering what has the experience been like as as an early stage project in an early stage project. Yeah.
1: So that that's that's a very interesting uh, thing thing to ask. Uh, so we basically work we work are actually. We basically are a startup inside another startup. Uh-huh. Like kind of like it's the university itself move really fast as a university as, as fast as like a university can, can, can move um, but and now that also like give YouTube Ventures uh, a lot of space to grow mm-hmm. and to see like the edge of technology and the edge of entrepreneurship that uh, and, and see what are the, like the pain points or the like the biggest points where we can make an impact and across the years has, has been our work to see these pain points and to like address them. So we started, as I told you, like trying to grow like uh, the, the business case of a great startup, being a great provincial startup. Uh, so we started with the acceleration program. Mm-hmm. And eventually across the years we started like working through the vacuum of and of a growing ecosystem. So it was like, okay, we have to start working with the government, we have to start working with corporates, we have to start working with investors. And, and, and with students and with academia and, and across the years we have also have been working with them and the experience of that is it's, it's kind of like a fun analogy but it's kind of seeing a McDonald's grow right. uh, you, 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 don't, you don't know where, where it's going to be one but it just mm. pop out so it was it, it's, it, the ecosystem here in Peru grows like in the sprints. so you don't see the grow and suddenly everything goes up like, you have new incubators, new accelerators, new investors, and yeah. new startups. And that actually enters a, a really good cycle of productivity that we are striving
0: to get bigger and bigger. So, it, if if the growth is not linear, right? If the growth yeah. is, is in spurts, then how do you kind of assess where you guys are in relation to your goals and, and objectives?
1: Okay. So, um we try to do. To, we try to work as agile as we can, and mm-hmm. with as many actors in the ecosystem as we can. Uh, not because of numbers, but we, because we want to give a real value to the ecosystem and to the startups. So one thing that's really important is that we are in a non-profit university. Yeah. So uh, uh, that like goes down to interventions as being an. app. An extremely, extremely in exchange place as a non-for-profit accelerator that invests in startups. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but uh, but that gives us like the strength of being uh, of making investment, but also yeah. like the spirit and the passion we have uh, to actually care about the impact. With that being said, we work with these actors to actually see what's the, what is going to be the, their next steps and okay. what's. What, what we can do to actually help them get to this vision that they have, and how are we going to adapt to this new existence that is going to happen? So one thing that, that actually happened was like the second call for incubators. Yeah. That was a big movement for the gover- from the government. Uh, was it it was going to take another fund for funding incubators in different in different organizations. Yeah. And that that moved the needle from. I I would th- I think that the first fund was for five to six incubators, including us. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one make us a, make an investment in I think 13, 13, 14 more incubators, and that's a big change. That's a big change uh, because there's the 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 work of our whole ecosystem is going to be more distributed, and we can have more space to actually grow. So. That's kind of like, uh, that's an example of a sprint that, uh, that I tell, tell you about that.
0: I see, okay.
1: One moment cool. from there, you have a lot of incubators and you have, eventually because they have to work with the startups, you have a bunch of more startups.
0: So so yeah. in, in that example, you have government as an activator or as yep. a catalyst. Can, can you talk a bit more about some of the regulation around that? I understand that every university here in Peru, is compelled to have. Yeah, that,
1: that's that's another activator that that we still haven't seen the effects of that. Yeah, uh, it was. I, I think an, incubi-
0: it, an incubator, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, so
1: one thing that's very interesting that the, the government saw the potential of the of entrepreneurship in general. Like we are an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial country. Like yeah. if you see the index, we are one of the most entrepreneurial countries in Vietnam. Like we have entrepreneurship. What we don't have is innovation. So that's one thing that we have to still work on. But the government see that saw that as an opportunity, like okay, we have universities that have talent yeah. and have professional talent and tech talent and, and so on and so on. So we should have a, like a law that makes every, every university to have an incubator to make them the students see as a viable opportunity to be an entrepreneur, like a like a an entrepreneur from the knowledge economy, not from yeah. the normal economy that we are accustomed to. So that's that's one thing that the government uh, did, but uh, I think that still we haven't seen the impact of that because kind of like the government is really good, like in some institutions, like in and, and some other institutions work really well. But then uh, there are actors that have to like work with these kind of funds or have to mm-hmm. like oversee what they're doing. And they're still a, a little bit slow. So okay. uh, still, uh, we, we have a bunch of, of universities here in Peru. What's the problem? So not all of them are quality universities. I see. So that makes that not all incubators are going to be from quality or or are not going to be only like, like uh, how do you say this, like a smoke a screen. You okay. just sit one person and say this is the entrepreneurship
0: office. Uh, so um, just just to meet the bare minimum requirements. Yeah, definitely. So, no so right. that's why
1: I don't think that we still haven't seen impact. But from the other way, in the government, you also have Innovate Peru that have, have given funds for making incubators, and that has has made an impact. Mm. Uh, not in like in the general assessment. I mean, normally when you see this kind of... Uh, making a, an ecosystem, it's slow. It's growing a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe in the macro, like if you see Peru as a macro ecosystem uh, from startups, you're not going to see a lot of difference. But it's because... These incubators are like the first line of, of of help. It's like from the whole system they are the base of it. Yeah. So we still haven't seen this this like huge impact in the top of the pyramid, but I think it's gonna come so eventually. It,
0: it's too soon is what you're saying to yeah. really assess the impact. Have have you noticed any unintended consequences as a result of this regulation? Yes. Sadly, yes. So as I told you, like some like for some,
1: for some universities, this is a small screen, mm. and, and from other more evil universities, it's uh, it's gonna be used for marketing purpose. So there's a huge trend. Uh, I mean, it's it's a wave. So you see the trend going from country to country. So since like uh, since the social network, the, con- the 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 movie from Facebook, like yeah. entrepreneurship has been a buzzword and a trend. Uh-huh. So do you have a bunch of people, a bunch of university trying to sell this like you're gonna make your startup here or you're gonna enter I don't know X university and you're gonna learn and then you're gonna do a startup and you're gonna be a billionaire mm-hmm. and it, it definitely that's not that's not the reality of anywhere sure. <laughs> not not even Silicon Valley. So so that's one thing. Then you have a whole industry that has grown from this uh, from this trend from uh, that that sadly that the, the this like uh, this government uh, issue law that, that each university has incorporated has has like uh, work as gasoline for the fire huh. that this whole industry of like coaches or general uh, mentors because mentors is a sacred word that every incubator <laughs> has to have to take care of it. <laughs> but there are coaches or consultants that yeah. they're gonna tell you yeah we're gonna digital transform we're gonna be we're gonna make a digital transformation in your company or we're gonna make a startup with your company and there are very few actors in the ecosystem that are- can actually achieve that and that they have the talent and
0: the resources and the experience to do that I-, I would also imagine that the influx of newly established incubators also, contributes to muddling definitions of terms in the sense that you know you have different visions for what an incubator is or what it should be and so there might or there might not be a lot of transferability across those definitions right you know we're talking about incubators here and we're not even mentioning accelerators right that's a whole yeah. <laughs> whole yeah. other whole other topic uh, have you noticed that like that, that challenge with defining terms and, and having members of the community all come into agreement about what a specific term means?
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think that still we haven't had that agreement, but not, more because we, we haven't had that conversation more than we, more than we haven't agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it's an issue in, in, in general. I think that the problem has come down, even from the like the biggest from entrepreneurship in the world. Like some people say, okay, I'm gonna take the definition of Steve Blank. Okay, I'm gonna take the definition of Eric rise Okay, I'm gonna take the definition of, of Paul Graham. And and all of them are not wrong, but they are like different faces uh, of a same uh, of the same term. Hmm. Um, so even with that, that's complicated. And now with this, uh, as you t- as you just uh, talk about uh, with this uh, influx of incubators there have been a lot more a lot more confusion and especially because this like influx of incubators uh, the problem that arises okay i'm gonna be the leader of an incubator or i'm gonna run an incubator yeah but i don't have the capabilities okay where do i get this knowledge sure okay and the first thing that they do that they is <laughs> okay. I'm gonna get a consultant, or I'm gonna go get someone to help me.
0: And so it sounds like a new industry has
1: yeah, it been it's it's a it's a of innovation. Thankfully, there's a term for that. <laughs> That's the theater of innovation. So then that that has been really really an issue because you have now a small and a small and small and medium companies yeah. call themselves startups, and then you have incubators tell you that this is a startup and this basically is, uh, I don't know, a company that sells uh, uh, notebooks and it's definitely not scalable and definitely, I'm using a, a, a weird example, but uh, not scalable and, and that doesn't have any innovation in the product or in the business model. So it's like... I
0: yeah, mean, they're SMEs, right? PIMEs yeah. or MIPEs, as, as yeah. you call yeah, them MIPEs. Yeah, MIPEs, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that must be frustrating, I, I think, from, from one perspective. Yeah, I, I, I think at the same time, it's an opportunity to educate the community, right? Yeah. And, and to establish, you know, in this space here at UTech Ventures, when we talk about these terms, this is what we mean specifically. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's also interesting to, to know, and you're right, it's, it's not unique to Peru here, the challenge of defining terms. I saw this very clearly in, in Vietnam, for example. What is a startup? <laughs> so there's a very different mindset and growth trajectory for a cafe versus a software company yeah
1: and that's a, that that's a mean that that it's not about and something that's really hard to get through the minds of people is that it's not a product I mean any product can be in a startup we are talking about how you how you execute the company what are your goals week by week and by definition year by year and in the like, the goal of the company, like, people, like, re- are really surprised when you tell them about there's a startup for, like, uh, how do you say this, uh, savannas? Um, Blankets? Sheets? Yeah, bl- blank sheets, like yeah. Brookline in the U.S., like, yeah. people are like, whoa, or, like, Casper, like, like who will imagine, or, like, <laughs> or, and, and, and they're in the same definition in, 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 a, in a way, I'm <laughs> not saying not the same, but in the same, they're in the same room as SpaceX. Mm. <laughs> they're rockets, yeah. like yeah. and and then you have like uh, a startup that are uh, fully content wise, uh, like Byte or like um, yeah. I don't know any other. Like the other day we heard about uh, the sale of a of uh, YouTube challenge in Ecuador. I think it's Ecuador. I think I think it's from Ecuador. And they sold to, to I think Disney for like a bunch of money, like kind of like an exit of a startup. Huh. And and the the reason was because they have. Grow like a startup. So in definition, they are a startup because what's the difference between data and Netflix? In a way that they use data to produce their content. They use a platform like YouTube, but they use the content data and other means to the end to get that data and create content. That's in 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 the core. That's the same issue that does Netflix. That they, they use their data to create new content that are relevant from the users. So I think no. that the, the the term that that that's that adds
0: water to the confusion. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, l- let's talk a bit about the current batch of of startups that you have at U Tech Ventures because I understand it's special in the sense that it's the first of its kind here. Can yeah. Can you speak a bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so last year, uh, as I told you, like
1: across the year, we have we have tried to like. Uh, address the pain points from the ecosystem and try to work with the ecosystem to see what we can do next. And one thing that we realized is that okay, okay, we have incubators that are probably not the best, but they are not. The, the, the good thing is that they are not. They are not. Right now, they are not part from the ecosystem because they are they are a small tree. But actually, there are like 14 to to 20 incubators are are doing a great job here right now in the ecosystem. Like uh, we have. Uh, San Marcos, you have Uni, you have uh, you have uh, Pacifico, you have many com- many many universities already working with yeah. startups that are doing a great job. So the the job of like awareness or like doing the idea stage or doing the creating stage, it's already addressed. And then we have accelerators that are 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 booming right now. They are starting to grow again. Uh, um, do you, with. In the beginning, we were only like five actors, like in the whole ecosystem. Right now, we are like 50, if we like sum up funds and everything. And
0: what's that time
1: frame? That has been from 2014 to 2018, five years to actually grow the this mm-hmm. number of actors, like. And with this number of people trying to work uh, in the ecosystem, now we have the opportunity. We, we told ourselves we had we now have the opportunity to actually make a vertical, to make. A program that gives more value to the startup, so there's no problem with the ag- with an, an agnostic program. Mm-hmm. But if you have a vertical, not only it's gonna be what you can give to the to the uh, startup, but also the synergies that the startups can work with between them. Before before that batch, we already had synergies, yeah. but they were kind of different. Like you have, uh, I don't know, an e-commerce startup and an IoT startup. They're gonna like match in certain things, but no. it's gonna be it's not gonna be as rich as an edtech with an edtech. They're gonna have so much similarities. Like education itself, it's a really complex problem. Whatever you see it, like if it's preschool, you have parents, you have uh, security of the data of the, ch- the child. If you're talking about like professional education, you're gonna have uh, you have to see the metrics of what's the effect of the startup in the professional uh, in the career of this of the of your user. So there are like different peculiarities, but still there, uh, they can use the same methods of mm-hmm. like what are you doing? What are you doing right now? You have you have had this challenge, okay? Okay, you maybe have worked with universities, and I'm working with, with the schools. But maybe something that you have done can actually be uh, can be used in my space. So I think that we, we saw that opportunity and we took it. Especially because uh, as an accelerator uh, inside university, we can have like a playground for uh, edtech startups. We we are literally in the first floor of a a huge university that can help uh, not only with mentors and everything, but also with like testing grounds for products.
0: Yeah, I I think that's... uh incredibly important to have access to to the market for experimenting but also for access to uh, potential customers. Can can you can you explain a bit about how that fits into the greater vision for Latam, Latin America? Yeah. Uh, of course. You know, you, you made the decision to focus on on ed tech in this batch. Does that mean that going forward there will be another vertical that you focus on? And if so, you know, again, how do, you, how do you maintain that momentum with this current batch, um, especially if you're not building off that specific knowledge used and, and gained from working with, with this vertical? Yeah, definitely. So
1: um, first of all, I think that in LATAM, we have a lot of issues. So we have a lot of complex problems to solve um, with peculiarities in each country, but they are broad. So I think that, but you can sum it up in three big areas. So the first thing we have uh, it's uh, a problem with financial institutions. So there are not not all the people have, uh, are in the banking system. They don't know how to they, they don't they don't trust uh, they still don't trust digital money. I'm not talking about cryptocurrencies, <laughs> but digital money as like a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's like the basis of the whole economy because the money, the money doesn't move. So and you have a whole bunch of informal markets that grow from that specific area uh, and the distrust in institutions. So that's like one thing. The next thing is that uh, that's more than, more than a difficulty. It's a kind of like an opportunity. is that we have a lot, we are basically the farm of the world. Like each country have their specific crops, but in general, we produce a lot of the the, the food that the, the, the world eats, and that has uh, has been an activator for a, a whole bunch of companies and corporations that work in that area. But we still are in the 900 uh, in the in the 20th century right now. In a way that we are only like exporting exporting uh, goods. We are not actually manufacturing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few cases that are doing an excellent job across LATAM, and and, and actually, I'm going to talk about who are the actors who are working in these areas, and why we we, we we choose what we choose. And the next thing is education. So one thing that I think it's across across the world, but actually, it could make a bigger impact here in, in an emerging market as, as, as LATAM, is that education, it has the like the ability to actually solve all the problems, all the other problems that we have, eventually. So if you ed- educate people, if you get them to know how to like something as simple as getting I don't know getting a credit card, or I don't know uh, knowing how to wash their kids before uh, before they're, they're five uh, b- before they are five year old, or how to feed them Some, something so basic as like surviving. Yeah, uh, can make sure make an impact. So, uh, and, and 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 I mean across across uh, every stage. So one thing, preschoolers doesn't have uh, the, the 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 necessary education. So that affects the school. So schools doesn't have, the, the, doesn't the, the schools itself as an institution doesn't have the ability to teach these kids because teach these kids are not in the level they need to be and the teacher doesn't have the pay grade or the knowledge to actually make great classes. Hmm. So if you have the problem, the universities are going to have to have a lower level, and they are not going to show the kid how to... Uh, I mean, they, they should, but they don't. Uh, show the kid how to learn, or how to be critical, or how to be creative, or how to do new new solutions to problems that they affect their day-to-day. So that goes across. So that's also... Affecting the workforce, so the workforce doesn't have the ability to learn by itself. doesn't work. Uh, the majority of like the companies have like a massive workforce of Peruvians, and they get a foreign, foreign, uh, foreign workers to work in the ma- in the managing, uh, yeah. the managing uh, area. And so this whole thing actually affect affect the whole country because we cannot solve the problems that affect us.
0: Yeah, I, I think you really captured the continuing impacts from lack of investment in early childhood care and education. No, and, and it's super basic. Like something so simple as uh, there's like a mafia
1: of, uh, of, of, of food and, and services for children and kids that are not great for their health, and that has an impact as a as, as country. Like it's, it's, it's really it's a cliche, but like kids are the future. <laughs> like in, like really they are so we have to work with that so that's basically the bigger like the biggest areas in in Latin that we have to work with it's not only in Peru but in general and yeah. so what we saw is that there are actors already working in in, in this area so mm-hmm. in in the fin in the financial area the that needs fintechs you have NFT labs and you have other other the first part. Uh and it's TP Labs. So oh, so well in in the financial area you have actors that are already working like actively to solve the problem, financial problems are across Latin America Latin. And I'm not gonna refer to Brazil because Brazil it's kind of like the, their own area, their own world. So I'm yeah. talking more about the like the Andean region and uh, Mexico. Uh, so in, in Argentina, you have NXP Labs that work with fintechs and with AgriTech. And in Chile, you have a lot of incubators that work with AgriTech. And in Colombia, you, you have foodtech. That's it's really important there. And in Mexico, you have all the biggest players in the investment, uh, 500 startups, uh, tech and uh, audio startups, and other incubators that work with that. Mm-hmm. So what we saw is that there hasn't been a really great actor helping solutions so there has been actually helping in the financial the financial sector yeah. and also the aggregate sector but there hasn't been an actual working towards education and we saw that as the, not only as an opportunity for us but actually to help the, the, the regional ecosystem to get connected with uh, the, the whole ecosystem so we have seen startups in education working by themselves so mm-hmm. we want to give them a home. Like how to get them connected with your sure. regional regional ecosystem.
0: Yeah, so I mean the the way that you've explained it, uh, it it's it's clearer to see the role that of course UTEC Ventures and and to uh, expand on that Peru can play and is playing mm-hmm. in in edtech. How how do you look at attracting Foreigners, whether they're fellow Latin Americans or even people from uh, other parts of the world, to, to come here, uh, because you know if somebody wants to develop solutions for ed tech in Latin America, portions of that could be applied to other regions. Uh, of course, not just dropped in, <laughs> but you can fine tune and localize components uh, because they're kids around the world, right? Yeah. And, and as you said, they're the future, which I, I completely agree with. Can, can you talk a bit more about how you've positioned New Tech Ventures or um, in the ways that you're, you're planning or exploring positioning of New Tech Ventures? Definitely. So um, one thing we saw as a great case
1: of bringing startups to Ladam is the case of Startup Chile. Mm-hmm. So what they give to these uh, entrepreneurs are a community, and space and, in, and investment, and the probability of growing in LATAM. So one thing that we really like of that proposal is the, okay, being the hub, the, the regional port for every startup that wants to grow in an emerging market that's really interesting at LATAM. The people actually don't like run the numbers, but LATAM is really huge as an opportunity, as a market, as a whole. I mean, obviously yeah. not as a country, but as a whole. Uh, one thing that we wanted to do is to be that port for educational startups. So one thing that we saw across the world is that okay, you have your you have your startups in the US, you have your startups in China, you have your startups in India, you have your startups in France, you have your startups in the north north Europe, and that's great. But where are the problems for some of those of some of these startups? Their markets are small, so obviously China, US, India, they are not, they are not super interested in the Latin American market, not because it's not a like a, like an attractive market, but more because their their home market is big enough. Mm-hmm. But the countries of France, uh, Denmark, Sweden, uh, Finland, all these com- all, all these companies that are trying to work in Europe and and in Europe and in the Middle East and in in, in Asia. so you have you have a specific a specific startups that will love to be in an a bigger market and that that will work in in Latin America but they mm-hmm. don't have the means to, to come and they don't I know what, what, where to go and one thing that we we actually realize is that uh, like some people think that scaling in Europe is really is really easy but it's not like especially for ad techs, because you have many barriers the first one being language like France and Germany can have a lot of similarities as culture I'm I'm like doing a gesture from like let's say let's say they are cultural cultural uh, they are really similar culturally but even the language like working with the languages and Uh the the way that people understand and the people that like people uh, uh, learn it's Uh really hard because language determines the way you behave and the way you think as simple as some words in the French language doesn't translate directly to the to German, mm-hmm. and that's one thing. Like there's a bunch of stuff, like uh, political stuff. You have um, regulation stuff, like investment stuff. Like how do they yeah. prefer in this ecosystem? How do they prefer in that? Um, that's that's why we think Latin America can be a really, really great, uh, a really great like soft for all these startups.
0: Because of the shared language.
1: Yeah, shared language and culture. Yeah, this is going to have a peculiarities, but it's still yeah. easier. That's one thing that the market is really, really interesting. Uh, the second thing is that we are a really great blue ocean. Blue-ish. We still have, we, we have as a, as a region, we have, 11, I think, 10 or 11 unicorns. As mm-hmm. a region, I, I think one block in San Francisco have more unicorns than that time. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 it's true. Like The reality is that there's a lot of space to be ex- exploited in Latin. There's a lot of um, unmet needs sure. from every industry in education. And so that's the second thing. That's not only the, the, it's a big market and it's, it, could, it could be scalable is that there's there hasn't been a lot of startups. And the third one is that we want to propose that uh, yes, it's more or less Peru. We want to propose Peru as a laboratory, hmm. a laboratory for you to experiment. We don't think that Peru as a market itself it's 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 going to be attractive by, their, by themselves uh, by itself but by the country itself. Uh, but we think that you can try things really cheaply and really fast. Uh, one thing one thing that's really important is that Lima has one third of the whole country, so yeah. you have one city with a bunch of people. 10 million people in one city it's going to help you do your growth experiment really quickly then you have uh, that the educational uh, the, educa- the educational institutions that are really good are really uh, they can be counted with your hand so you can actually go them go to them and make experiments with the best of the time yeah. like one really great case is from Nova in schools Innova schools it's, it's one of the most innovative uh, school systems in the world like and notice, not, noticeable in across it. Like one thing when you talk about education and blue, the, there are two things that they told you. Like in in our schools, and then you they talk they talk to you about grana. are <laughs> the two things that they talk about when it's education and blue. the, the third thing being llamas no. Third thing being what? Being llamas or Machu Picchu. But ah, <laughs> <I> see, yeah. <laughs> but but. but I think that that, that gives us a lot of opportunities to actually uh, help the startups growing in Latin, like edtech startups
0: yeah i think you've you've laid out some really great points about the benefits of scaling in latin america uh, and that orientation of peru as a, as a laboratory as, as a test market if you will what what has been the reaction from international startups i, I know you have two is it yeah. in your current batch from nearby can you talk a bit yeah. about those and, and you know maybe if you know some insight about how they decided to join or why they decided to join
1: so one thing is that um, so in general in our like prospect of a startup before choosing the ones we, we choose mm-hmm. uh, there were a bunch of startups uh, that as I told you they were like there I think that there are like two sectors for startups. There's one, one, one type of startup that is the Latin American startups that actually are trying to go to the, the biggest market as Mexico or they're already there, mm-hmm. but they don't have a partner to help them go through the valley of debt. So they know they can eventually like raise a really big fund. They, they have the potential of it, of it and they know it, but they yeah. don't have a partner right now to help them go through this, through this space. I didn't want to do it fast, and that's that's basically the reason why accelerators like exist. And that's one thing. And the second one is the the, the international startups that are that, that have discovered the opportunities of in the Latin market of the Latin market. One thing that it was really it was really fun for me and interesting is that we were talking with a startup that. Um, I, I, it was a sort of for K-12. I don't remember exactly what what they did, but it was a, a kind of like games and, and so uh, for kids. Uh, one thing that he realized it was okay. I was going to I'm, I'm going to Latam because I think this is the next step. I, I think it was from 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 Middle East. Mm-hmm. Okay, forget this is the next step because I can go to Asia, but there are a lot of competition, there are a lot of investment. I want to go to a uh, ocean, and I think Latam is going to be. And then we sent him the numbers of how big is the market in general, and he was like, whoa, I, I thought it was going to be big, but not as big as you just told me. Huh. And, and that, that, that actually like, that resumed the whole thing, interaction with international founders that are from outside of LATAM. It's like, okay, I didn't think that there are like thing happening in LATAM. Uh, one actor that have actually realized of that is the Chinese investors. Mm-hmm. like they're investing in EdTech in Brazil and they are really investing like like they're working with a lot of startups and they're also like exporting things from other countries like uh, in Finland one thing that we realized is that half of the half of the, the startup we met it was like okay I'm in Finland I'm in Denmark and I'm in China <laughs> and it was like okay uh, what what, what happened what's there? the connection? Actually. Yeah, what's the connection? And it was like, oh no, yeah, the Chinese investors, they are all investing in startups here and they are like translate like getting into um, being the bridge between northern Europe
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and, and China. Do, do you know if they're they're um, constructing those startups in parallel in China? like once they invest in a mm-hmm. startup outside of China? that they have a local team in China that recreates it, but for, you know, let's say with Chinese characteristics.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, see, yes, I, I have uh, actually one, one, one case, it's, it's, I think it's called Kida Science, mm-hmm. it's an, a startup that it's kind it's of, it, I would define it as, as an exchange startup. It's a, it's a transmedia startup that transmedia. works Yeah, works with like a video, Mm-hmm. A written form and applications and workshops like offline workshops is kind of like this weird educational program that, that works really well hmm. and what they have done is that they have uh, they, they, what you just said like they got an investor, they, they got an investor from China and they already have uh, they already are in China working with them and yeah. they were like in two, two schools and two, three schools and they were uh, actually getting funds to scale the operation there like there, there wasn't even a thought in their mind like i'm going to go to europe it was like definitely i'm gonna go to china <laughs> and, and do you
0: see do you see in the future that chinese interest in brazil spilling over or expanding to places like peru yeah. or is that already happening
1: uh it, has, it hasn't still happened but i think that it's a matter of time like uh they're already invest in mexico they're already investing in brazil like the next step the most the, the next logical step is to go into the next uh, to the andean region to scout more startups it's just a, a, a flight from two hours and i think oh. that it's it's going to be very interesting to have the spanish-speaking area like to have some startup from there they already they already have been interested for more. I mean, when, I, when, I, uh, when not only Chinese investors, but also Korean investors and Japanese investors are, are going through Latin America, like the SoftBank bank proposal of five billion for Latin America, it's, it's not a joke. And uh, recently I saw a, a, a new uh, a story in news that was another, another uh, economical group are trying to invest another, uh, I don't know how many billions in Latin America. And I think that's the start. It's huh? just the start of the snowball effect that is going to happen eventually. That the whole, all the eyes, uh, especially from Asia, from Asia, is going to, is going to, they're going to see La Fama as the last untapped market. One thing that we have, and, and we already have the star case, like Rappi, It's has grown a lot. Yeah. We,
0: then we have Colombian uh, startup. Yeah, unicorn. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Colombia. And, and one thing that we have, and that's a really interesting, like. There's a really interesting infographic from CV Insights, like uh, that, that shows the biggest startups in uh, each country yeah and two of them are from education and the other ones are from uh, food and logistics. so that that, that gives you a hint of something that's gonna happen eventually so yeah and yeah and, and
0: you, you do you see a, a good fit for Latin America and China? Is is that are there aligned interests in that relationship? I would think that yes. Uh,
1: I mean, as as a market, as a Latin American startup, you have four markets you can go. Well, five. You have the Near Region, like expanded Near Region. Then you have Brazil. Can Can you be more specific
0: with that first part?
1: Oh yeah. So, uh, so when you're a tech startup, you're selling any country in. Latin America, especially in the Indian region, let's say Argentina, Chile, Peru, Bolivia, Paraguay, uh, Ecuador, Venezuela, Colombia, and Central Central America, mm-hmm. so you have the opportunity to see, okay, I'm already in my country, that doesn't mean I have to stay here, okay, well, I'm going to, where I'm going to scale, so you can scale in the whole region, in the Indian region, the, the, the Latin American parts that are not Mexico, Brazil, that's one, of, one opportunity, then you have Brazil, just as the country is really big, it has enough economic value as a market to, to being a, a whole market by itself. Yeah. And then you have also Mexico, that is the same issue. And then you have US as a country, and then you have China. Why I'm not saying Europe and, and Africa? Because then with that areas, you have a lot, a lot of different a very different culture. No. And very and, and we are not connected as an ecosystem. As an ecosystem in Peru, we are connected to the U.S., and we are very connected with Mexico. Brazil hasn't still like solidified that connection with the Indian region, but there are yeah. some startups that are starting to get this bridge going on. And then with China, people obviously, the influence that can have China still hasn't been noticed by the startups but it has been noted by the, economy, by the economy of all the countries in Latin. Yeah.
0: Like, it, it, interesting that you didn't mention India as oh. as an opportunity to to enter, uh, especially because it's also a continent-sized economy like China. It, it, was that uh, is there a particular reason why?
1: So, uh, I mean, yeah, yes and no. So, so one one thing that we and, and Russia also being. It's totally different but also. you, part look, of the at, you look at
0: Russia no. as as a potential definitely no. market definitely opportunity? definitely
1: not. And and that's that's uh, what I'm gonna tell you. Uh, so basically the BRICS has a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Brazil uh, uh, Brazil, India, China, all these countries that are emerging markets in general. Uh, but yeah. why didn't we didn't mention Russia or India? So Russia, first of all, it's kind of like Europe but with a different tone. We are very different culturally. We don't have connections. As a country, we don't have a lot of connections. And as economies in the, in the, in the region, we don't have connections with that. Where do we have connections? We have connections economically yeah. with China and US and, 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 and a lesser percentage with Europe.
0: So you're looking at it more from strengthening existing economic ties exactly. perspective and exactly. trying to build something from scratch.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's the whole focus of a startup. I think the ecosystem mm-hmm. should work as a startup. Like, we shouldn't try to reinvent like uh, reinvent the wheel. We should get, see, okay, I have these resources, I have these connections, The these are the basic connections we have, these are the capabilities we have, where do I have an impact that can actually have an impact in, not in, in the whole region? And i think that china and, and china u.s mexico and brazil are the and the indian region are the like the opportunities that you can see as a startup and you can like see it through and you can decide which market through the lens of your own startup right if you are in a, like if you're in a startup that do ex- you work with ex- extensive crops you mm-hmm. probably want to go to chile and to brazil if you're in a startup working with FinTech, you're going to go to Brazil or Mexico. If you're working with food tech, you're probably going to go to Colombia and Peru. And then you have different like, industries working with there. And yeah. if you're a consumer startup or uh, like, um, like a SaaS, probably U.S. is your your best your best shot. If your, your value is enough to go to this, this, these markets. And then you have China. China, yeah. I think it's a market that is going to go great with with, with a bunch of them especially because we are as as emerging markets we have a lot of customs that are very
0: similar Huh. Mm-hmm. and um, when we met last time you said something interesting to me which was uh, there are always a few applications for the accelerator that come out of Vietnam mm-hmm. uh, can you expand on that a bit more? yeah definitely so uh
1: we, uh, as, as before doing the the vertical program, we we had a global call, but we just allocate, I would say, twenty percent, twenty five percent, thirty percent of our efforts to go to other markets uh, besides Latin. Okay. And that's that, that was the idea, uh, but since we did a vertical, we started working with more with a m- more effort to go into the, to the, to the other markets. Okay, but one thing that it was a surprise for us before doing that effort, the more effort to get startup from outside of Vietnam, we always had some startup from Vietnam, just from Vietnam, not from other country, from <laughs> Asia. Uh, well, basically, maybe an occasional Indian startup, like uh-huh. one a year. But we normally have an influx of five to six startups from Vietnam. Uh, some some of them were e-commerce, some of them were SaaS, uh, some of them extremely, enough were hardware, um, oh. and that were there were the, the, the that were the startups that will apply for us, and that for us was uh, a pleasant surprise hmm. uh, to have a kind of like a brand or something like that in Vietnam for some way. We assume it's because of Swiss contact. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but also Viettel is here, really? rebranded as Bitel. Oh, yeah, so okay, so that's a surprise. A v- Vietnamese uh, telecom service provider.
1: So yeah, I, I mean, and that, that's that, that's that's one thing that you that you, uh, remind me about, Remind me, it's a uh, so this since we did the trade deal with China, there has been. Um, Activation of the other economies from Asia or Middle East to see Peru as an opportunity. So we had after that we made a trade deal with the Turkey. Mm-hmm. And as you say, we have companies from Vietnam and other countries from Indonesia and Singapore seeing Peru as the next big step. We even have one startup uh, was uh, one startup got to the final stage of. Uh, before becoming the badge here in New Tech Ventures, yeah. and it was uh, a startup from Singapore, that uh, what they made was um, IoT for uh-huh. construction. It okay. was really specific, but it was... And they, they really, like, uh, explained why they were coming. Like, yeah. we have seen Latin America as a market, and we know that you are in a construction bomb. So mm. we want to go to it.
0: Yes, the construction boom here is quite noticeable. On my way over, I must have passed at least 15 different construction sites, active construction sites, and that was in a span of about 15 to 20-minute drive. Uh, Really hard not to notice all the construction activity around here. Uh, Of of the teams in the current batch, which ones are you... um, are you looking forward to, to to seeing develop? Like which ones are you most excited about? You know I cannot say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are are like my family. I cannot choose <laughs> which, which one is my best, my, my, my favorite sibling. <laughs> but I, but I mean, I mean, in general, I think that right now we have a lot of startups that have a lot of potential to work, in, not, not not only in Peru but in general in the family and in other markets actually.
0: Okay, oh, right. so if, if listeners want to learn more about these startups, can they visit your website? Yeah, they can
1: visit my website, or if uh, sending an email, I'm, I'm super super. Uh, Are you excited to talk about the Peruvian ecosystem and in general the Latin ecosystem? If they have any doubts or do they have any question, I'm super yeah. open to to uh, answer any question. And can you give out your email address, please? Yes, uh, it's. Oh, this is gonna be hard to do in English, but <laughs> it's gonna be R F A J A R D O at UTEC dot edu pe. So it's gonna be really hard for me to get it, but uh, great. No, that's that's, so that's if wonderful. not you can see in the UTEC, the University of Engineering Technology webpage, uh, go to
0: the to the like, members of the team, and you can see me there. Very cool. <laughs> and so, have you decided yet what the next vertical will be? And if so, can you share what that will be?
1: Definitely. So, uh, we're now... We haven't decided yet, but we are looking for some possibilities.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we just... Uh, as we talked before, the, 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 the podcast, we were talking about what kind of industry would be very interesting for, for Latam. So, one thing that... Uh, YouTube Venture is part from a program called uh, MIT, RIP, and from other programs that was contacted, we're trying to like coordinate the whole ecosystem. Yeah. One thing that has arise from that is that we are very strong in biodiversity. And that's, I don't know if, if, if people normally know this about Peru, but we have like the most uh, biodiverse ecosystem in, in the whole world, one of the most uh, uh, one of the countries with most species. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we have a lot of amtap uh, materials and gen- genetics and things that we can do in biotech. So one thing is is that uh, that's an opportunity that we are seeing if we are gonna uh, take a, take an approach of. And the second one is one thing that you that you actually uh, uh, mentioned is that uh, being the gastronomical bomb and hub that Peru is, and being the tourism center that is Peru, uh, we also like seeing hospitality as uh, like. And it's a huge opportunity for Brazil to grow. Yeah. So uh, th- that would think that that that, that these both uh, subjects I think would be very interesting, and obviously all the things that we can leverage from the university as IoT sensors, hardware, things that we can do in yeah. that area, being an engineering university. No.
0: And, and for those future batches. Also, international startups are welcome or encouraged to apply.
1: Definitely encouraged. Definitely, I think that uh, that they have a, a, a lot of they can have a lot of value achieved from here, from Peru and from Latin America. So and if, if it's, it's always interesting to talk with these startups. Mm. Uh, so if any of them also want to like send a message, we're really happy to talk to them. Yeah, to
0: see the opportunity. I'm, I'm thinking uh, how exciting it'll be for the first Vietnamese startup to uh, yes. be in your batch, right yeah no
1: that would be amazing like uh, actually funny things we uh, because of this conduct I think it was it's it called uh, we exchange we participate some of our female founders participate in that and one thing uh-huh. that they always come when they all come from these trips that they have annually like the competition they always uh, they always tell the same thing is like founders from vietnam they are monsters like, like <laughs> they're super super knowledgeable they are super fast they are really dedicated and and actually having a vietnamese startup is a no-brainer like vietnam has one of the highest as, as peru they have the highest index in entrepreneurship
0: so yeah. it's just a matter of time to have a vietnamese startup that wants to come to peru that's super. yeah, I'll definitely be uh, following as, as that develops. Very exciting. Uh, as we as we draw to uh, a close, I, I want to ask you, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to share, whether it's about you or UTech or UTech Ventures, Lima, Peru, Latin America? Um, anything at all that uh, that you wanted to uh, to talk about now? Uh, or if you wanted to share perhaps the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten. No,
1: oh, that's, that's a really great question. So just uh, answering the first one. Um, so one thing I think that people should know is that Latin American market, uh, as, I told you, as I told you in the whole podcast, is a great opportunity to start up to come mm-hmm. because of the reason I've told you. But it's you don't have to go alone there's a bunch of structures and a bunch of organizations already working on that so i will say that one thing that i would like to like being the last message uh, as i give it to, to in the podcast is that uh, even if i mean even if not not i don't i, I don't even refer from my of of youth as as institution of YouTube pages but in general you have to you can contact with any other institution that they are in this space, not only in Peru, but in general in Latin America, because we have a bunch of problems that we need all the all the hands we can to help us solve that. So I would say that, uh, again, I think this is repetitive, but <laughs> if you want to know, I don't know, I'm a blockchain startup, and I want to go to Latam, and I don't know, I don't I don't, I don't see YouTube Ventures as, an, as an a potential partner, don't worry about it send a message and I can contact you with an other organizations across LATAM that you think that you probably I, and I think that you probably will would like to work with. Because the more th- the, the the most important thing that we want in yeah. Latam is to activate and to get a bigger ecosystem each day. So that would be a, a really great thing to do. And as an advice, one great advice that, that I have, uh, that someone give it to me and, and I think that, that applies to Every founder yeah. across the world is uh, have patience. Have like, patience. Have patience. Like it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a like an oh, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be from day to night day to day it's not gonna yeah. be yeah. like that and the, the best founders are the one who persist and to, to understand and to the ones who understand their mistakes mm-hmm. and learn from them. I think that the, the the two things that are more important in the founder is resilience mm-hmm. and empathy with the customer. I think that when you have two these two things, you're gonna be the biggest startup you can you're gonna make up the, the bigger the biggest startup you can make. So I think that that, that will that would be something I want to get across all the founders. Or organizations by the way that are working in the ecosystem. <laughs>
0: Well, that, that's a, a great note uh, to end on, Rodrigo. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing a bit about the Latin TAM ecosystem as well as Peru ecosystem and how different parts of the world kind of fit in yeah. into, into the vision here. Um, I, I hope that uh, folks do check out the website and, and take a look at the current batch of uh, Portfolio. And looking forward to uh, more startups emerge from Utech Ventures and, of course, Peru. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Until next time, take care. During my first week in Lima, when I first met Rodrigo and we started talking, I could immediately tell he saw the big picture and was able to connect the dots beyond his portfolio at Utec Ventures. I especially appreciated his macro-level vision for Latin America and how Peru fits into it. It's clear to see how the perceptions of China are changing in Peru, And I agree that ties between Latin America and China, in general, will continue to deepen and strengthen. Thank you to Rodrigo and the team at UTEC Ventures for hosting me and sharing some of the exciting initiatives you're working on. I hope you'll join me next week when I sit down with a foreign venture capital investor who has made Lima his home. In the meantime, feel free to reach out directly to me if you'd like to learn more information about the Planetary Potential podcast, or if you'd like to learn more about upcoming interviews. Thank you.